Warning, in this episode, we will be discussing potentially triggering topics surrounding eating disorders, body image, and severe mental health issues. If you have a history with disordered eating and feel as if you may be triggered by this conversation, please skip this episode and tune into our next one. We would also like to say that none of us are licensed doctors, dietitians, or any other medical professionals. We're simply just teens who struggle with eating disorders or body image and feel like our stories may help those who are going through the same thing. Okay, awesome. So to start this off, I'm Shanti. I'm the content director at Lead Peace. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about body image and eating disorders. So does anyone want to introduce themselves? Yeah, I can introduce myself. I'm Lena. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm a 10th grade student. Uh, hi, I'm Ayat. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm also a 10th grade student. Yeah, my name is Antra. My pronouns are she, her, and um, again, I'm also in 10th grade, and I go to school in Fairfax County. Awesome. So I am Shanti. I'm also a 10th grader and my pronouns are she, her. So just to start us off, if our participants could say what are eating disorders and what kind of eating disorders affect teenagers? Yeah, so eating disorders are mental illnesses that affect a large amount of teenagers, although they go mostly undiagnosed. And there's several different kinds of eating disorders according to the DSM-5, which is the database and the national uh, reliable source that you can access, and there they are anorexia, bulimia, and binge eating disorder. Although there are some that are a mix, or some that are not that they don't have a name yet, but those are the three main ones that people will recognize by the name. I know our participants here are also going to share some of their stories with eating disorders. And just to be clear, to preface this, there are a lot of misconceptions about eating disorders that we will be getting into. And just to start us off, I wanted to start with two of our participants have their own personal anecdotes with eating disorders. So Ayat, do you want to start with your own? Yeah, um, I wanted to keep mine really like unscripted because I want this to be kind of like as personal with our listeners as possible. But um, I never was diagnosed, um, mostly because like just out of fear, you know, like you don't want your family to kind of have that burden on them. So when I was in middle school, I struggled a lot with my body image because um, I my entire friend group were like beautiful, beautiful girls, and I felt kind of like a, like sticking like a sore thumb. So um, there were like days on days where like I wouldn't eat and whatever, and then it ended up like being my family who noticed, um, thankfully. But then more recently, especially with the pandemic, um, I noticed that in the beginning, like kind of lockdown one. Um, that's when I started to gain weight. And then when we were kind of starting school back and I like went back in person, I was noticing that like same thing, kind of like my friends lost a lot of weight, whereas I gained. So um, I started kind of like, like kind of binge eating and then like going weeks on weeks, like not eating or like um, kind of like trying to make myself throw up. And so I still kind of struggle with like these kinds of habits of like not eating. Um, But I think the like, I wouldn't say recovered, but the way I got kind of helped myself was really like my friends because, um, you know, just like they were, they were there like kind of like being like, I at like you have to eat like you're, you're gonna like, you know, Um, sorry, I'm like, (laughs) really nervous right now. Um, but yeah, so if anybody listening, um, is kind of struggling with like their body image or like how they feel, um, go to whoever your support system is. If it's your friend, go to them. If it's your family, if it's a cousin, like go to them because they will be there for you. Um, cause I know that's how I, you know, got better. I don't know how else to word it, but yeah. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that. That was actually really strong and I'm glad that you're getting better with it. And again, to your list, to our listeners, you should reach out to someone you know, and if you can't, then just, you know, know that someone is there with you and your life matters no matter what, and you know, you're always there with someone beside you. So Lena, you also have your own story and I'll give you time to share that now. Yeah, so I um, I have kind of a similar story. So like in middle school, I started to notice my body was changing and there wasn't really any resources for me. So I just kind of relied on a lot of magazines and all this media that I was consuming that was just really, it's surrounded around dieting and like all of that because that was, I mean, it still is really big and I was just reading what everybody published. So like I kind of had this preconceived notion in my head that like weight gain was bad, even though I was like going through puberty and it was natural for me to gain weight. It was like, I had to and even like, yeah, it was just kind of, 
hard because it was the first time where I had noticed changes on my own body. And before that, I hadn't really like been aware of my body, I guess. I was just kind of like a kid, like, you know, playing around and everything. And so that was the end of seventh grade where that kind of like skyrocketed. And then in eighth grade, I um, really fell into this hole of just starving myself and like eating as little as I could because I realized that if I ate less, then I would weigh less. And that's what I wanted because I suddenly became attached to like the number. Um, and I I thought that that was like my worth. I, I was really in a bad place then. And I just like, no matter how hard I tried, like I couldn't stop. I realized that it was a problem when I had set a goal weight and then I had gotten to that weight. And then when I got to that weight, I couldn't stop just like starving myself. And so, then after eighth grade, I moved to Virginia. I was living in Florida at the time. And I was just in a really bad place mentally where I realized that something was wrong, but like nobody knew because I hit it pretty well with like saying, oh, my stomach hurts or I don't feel good. Like I, I don't think I can eat dinner because my stomach hurts or like I, I don't want to eat lunch because my stomach hurts or I can't eat after whatever time because my stomach hurts. And my parents were just kind of like, well, I guess that you just have stomach problems. So I was like, yeah, I, I do have stomach problems. And I went to see dietitians and everything. And I just kind of like hit it under this big lie that I had a stomach ache all the time. Um, but in reality, I was just really having a hard time with an eating disorder. And I think that um, it was also really hard because I noticed that I was changing my like perception of other people. So like, it wasn't just changing how I looked, it was changing how I perceived people and how I was very judgmental and closed minded towards others. And I constantly was comparing my body to them. And I was just kind of thinking, my only thought process was, am I the thinnest person in this room? Am I the person who ate the, le ate the least in this room? And all of that and I just I really thought that worth was based on your weight and how thin you were and yeah it was just really not a good place to be in and so then when I started ninth grade I started having like a really hard time because I no longer could like go through any any amount of time without thinking about food let alone like um engaging in some, some sort of disordered eating habit so yeah it was really hard um in ninth grade because that's probably when it was the worst um i was doing like i had mentioned just like going days without eating and i was like i was playing tennis a lot so i was going to tennis without eating i thought i was gonna pass out and all of that and then i mean there was instances where i did black out um and instances where i had really like my body i could tell that it was shutting down and it was not doing well and i was just i had a really hard time because i was not telling anybody about it. I was actually seeing a therapist at the time, but not for the eating disorder, for um, OCD. And she, I mentioned something very vague about it. And she was like, you need, you need to do something about this. Like, this is more serious than I thought. And I said, like, I'm not ready. I can't do this. Like, I, I need to keep going because still in my mind, I had that kind of like mindset of like, I need to be thinner, even though I was very thin, I just couldn't see it. Um, but I think that it's hard to understand for somebody who hasn't experienced it, but when you do experience some sort of eating disorder or disordered eating, you realize that it's kind of like a separate person that's living inside of your head, who's telling you that you need to lose weight, that you need to diet, that you can't eat something. And I constantly was feeling the separation and like the argument inside of my head. And I like, it was driving me insane because I was like, like, the only the way that I can put it into context is like in English we learn about like man versus man, man versus nature, and all of that. But this is like man versus self, where you can't get out of your own head. You just have this constant argument going on, and it was like I had to choose between feeling hungry, which is like you know that kind of pain, but then also if I did eat, then the pain of having someone in your head like berating you for eating, being super guilty about it. And a lot of the time it was like, I would choose just to feel hungry instead of having that pain because I couldn't escape the guilt. And I thought that I would never be able to get out of that place. I was like, 
it got to a really bad point where I was having like a lot of suicidal ideation and everything. And it was, yeah, it wasn't good. But then I think that the turnaround for me was actually the pandemic where like, I think a lot of people, they had the opposite thing happen with their mental health where it kind of like went downhill. But for me, um, when school was kind of thrown out the window and I was forced to stay at home, I realized that I needed to do something because like right before that we had tennis tryouts and everything. And like, I could tell that my body was like not doing well. I was experiencing really, really like bad symptoms of like starvation. And I I really thought that I was like, just gonna like pass out and die one day. Like, and I realized that like, oh my God, like this is not worth it. Like, why am I caring so much about my appearance when my whole life is at stake? And it just kind of like, it came like all crashing down to me one day. And then I um, actually ended up telling my parents. And that was a big deal for me because um, I they didn't know like at all. And so I, after like three or four years of struggling like super, super badly with this eating disorder, I, I finally told them um and they of course like it made sense to them that everything i said was a lie because it was getting a little bit um extreme anyways and i i think that that was really a big like a big moment for me because then i started seeing a specialized therapist who really helped me um and yeah i just kind of committed my whole like all of my energy to that um and i I'm, yeah, I'm very happy. So yeah, it was very, that was scary, but I'm happy that I ended up being able to get help, even if the pandemic has been really weird. I think that it has and made me like realize that the the most important thing is mental health and your own mental health and focusing on yourself and really realizing like what you need in the moment. Um, so yeah, and I was diagnosed with anorexia and I've been in recovery for about a year now. So yeah, that's my like personal anecdote. Yeah, that's really strong. And I'm so glad that you're here today with us because that was a really good story to get us started into our next thing. But once again, I just want to say, Lena, thank you for sharing that story. And same with Aya, you guys are really strong and I'm really happy to have you with us on Lead Peace in general. And just to get to know you guys more is really a pleasure. And I know, Lena, you mentioned media and I too, I guess they could, this could relate to you with, you know, your friends and having this sort of mindset around you and Antra as well, if you wanted to talk about how has eating disorders been portrayed in media and what is the stigma of eating disorders in general? Yeah, so I don't really get to share like a story, but is it possible if I can just share like a small story of like my like own relationship with food? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I kind of started struggling, I guess, in, again, like, I think a lot of our stories overlap with each other, like Lena and Ayat, like, they all kind of, like, start, and you don't even notice that they're starting, like, these, like, disorders and stuff like that, and I wasn't, like, diagnosed or anything because I was very on and off with, like, my therapists and stuff like that, like, I never really got to like have a meeting and every time like a therapist or doctor did ask me about it I would always just like lie and stuff like that because I never wanted to like admit the truth because I was so afraid for some reason anyways but um it started in like eighth grade where I was like you know what I'm gonna start eating healthier like it was summer and I was like you know what I'm gonna just start eating a little healthier and it wasn't anything with like you know calorie deficits or anything I was just like eating healthier and then school started again and a lot of the what I would do was like comparing it to my friends and what they would be doing because in actuality both of my friends were like actual models and they had very like small thin physiques which was like very different from me and I would compare like my eating habits with their eating habits and like stuff like that and then I would like start to adapt what they were doing and um I mean when I was in ninth grade it wasn't like too bad or anything like that I mean the big turning point was when I lost my period and at first I was just like oh you know that's fine I mean I went to my doctor and she's like oh it's kind of supposed to be like for the first two years you get your period can be like a little weird and stuff and might not come a few months but um yeah in ninth grade what happened was I kind of started restricting my meals would be three meals and then it would be cutting down to two meals and then one meal a day and stuff like that 
And then from that, I lost my period for about a year and a half. And um, then quarantine happened and it kind of just went like a downward spiral for like me especially because I feel like everyone was so like around that time, um, it kind of went like from a downward spiral where I would go on social media again and I would go on TikTok and there'd be all of these people with their diets on there or even like Instagram and there'd be like pictures with diets. And like, again, I I love food. Like I honestly do love food and um, I love cooking food, but then I started hating to cook food because then that would mean me eating food. And it's just like, ugh, at that point, that's where my mindset was. So when quarantine happened, um, I was so afraid of gaining weight so I kind of just went the opposite direction where I just started restricting food over and over again, working out like every day where I would almost be fainting. And um, the fainting was even like before quarantine. I just like didn't know I had like a problem at that time. And um, I still don't have my period and everything. So then, um, yeah, I kind of just started restricting food really bad. And then um, I'm Muslim, so we have like Ramadan and stuff like that. So I started fasting and, you know, that's like a religious thing, right? So I was doing that, but then on top of fasting, you just when you can't eat, you're supposed to eat a lot because, you know, you're fueling yourself for the whole day. But with me, I started restricting even more on top of the fasting. So when fasting ended, like my parents had noticed that like, when I was at the dinner table, I wouldn't eat like certain things or I would restrict or like not like eat with my family because I was so afraid if I ate at the dinner table, then I would eat more food or I would, so I would eat alone in my room or eat in front of something or like, there's just like certain habits that I don't want to go into because I know it can be triggering for other people hearing it because then they can start comparing it with myself. One other really big thing was that I would compare my diet with my friend's diet. And like sometimes my friends would make like small little remarks on their like eating habits and then i would like start to compare myself with like those eating habits too and like honestly i don't want to say like anything triggering anything like that because like when other people hear it it's just like even like i'm i'm way better now like right now i'm like way better than i was a year ago but um yeah i guess like quarantine during that time i lost like a lot of weight and it got to like a really unhealthy point where you could see that I had an eating disorder where I had like dark circles under my eyes, my whole face. It looked like I was dead. It looked like I was like a corpse or something like that. And like one day I walk in like after running, after like a run or something, my mom's like, you look like bones. You look like a little bone. But like, I couldn't see that because like every time I looked in the mirror, I didn't look like that. I looked totally different. Like I like had this like dysmorphia going on as well with that. And then the whole time i surprisingly never went on a weight machine because i was so afraid that i actually gained weight instead so one day um i went to the doctor because i had a doctor's appointment and it was after like a really long time because with like covid um they were only like online doctor appointments or weren't really in person so they couldn't technically check your weight so when i went in i had lost like 20 pounds in a matter of three like a month or maybe something like that but it was like way off and I was like, um, my weight was too low for my height and stuff like that. And she was like, you have a real problem. But then I was like, no, I have digestion issues. I have this issue, I have that issue. But what ultimately happened was because of like my undiagnosed eating disorder, I got, um, I lost my period for a year and a half. It's still really hard getting it back. Um, and then I also got like digestion issues and stuff like that. And it kind of like spiraled into that. And then like with COVID, it honestly kind of like masked everything, especially from like my doctors and stuff like that. Like they knew my weight was like weird, but um, anyways, I, I honestly started getting better when school started again, um, even like online school, I guess throughout the summer, it was like really bad. But when online school started again, I kind of had this mindset where I was like, you know, when you're not eating enough, you're not gonna be able to like stay focused during school. And I'm the type of person that prioritizes like everything like over like school, you know, like school is like my number one priority basically. So I was like, 
in this like own mindset and like again my sister like really helped me a lot with it too because she was like my one and only like support system like at the time and like she really helped me with it so I guess when like school started again I was like I need to start eating or else I will not stay focused in any class whatsoever so then like gradually I mean it takes a lot of time and I'm in like a way better place now like with my health internally and with my mental and physical health I'm like at a way better place but then again like those small little like you know habits they always kind of stick in your brain even though like you're healthy again but like again when you also struggle with like a mental disorder it kind of can you know change into like a physical disorder but then like again with the whole social media thing i think like a lot of the times it's looking at other people's like diets and they don't know that they have a problem so they're going to be then sharing it with like the whole media and the whole entire world i remember on tiktok like again bring it over tiktok but there people would have like oh what i eat in a days and stuff like that and then you'd be like well why am i not eating that much or why but like what people need to realize is that everyone's bodies are so different and they all require um, a different amount of food with their physical activity, their health, their age, their height, and it all like factors in. You cannot um, compare yourself to an entirely different person. So, yeah. I just like before we move on, like I need to talk about what something I've just said. Like I'm also Muslim. And so I was going through everything that I was going through um, also in Ramadan. And so while I was fasting, I was like, this is great. Like, I don't even need to feel bad about it because this is like for my religion. When in reality, it was like, I should have went to someone and been like, this is just making things worse. And also since seventh grade, uh, up until I think um, Ramadan 2020, or yeah, this year, sorry, 2021, I would work out while fasting. And so it like, like I would wake up um, at like 9am workout. And then like an hour before we would break our fast workout. And then I remember like seeing I would like go out with my friends for like to break our fast together and they would be like enjoying their meal and whatever and I'd be like oh like oh I'm not hungry because your stomach shrinks or like some something like that just to be like oh I'm not hungry anymore so if we have any Muslim listeners um here just know that like if you are going through something like this it's okay to talk about it during Ramadan. Like it's okay to skip it. Like you're not gonna you're you're not gonna pay a price for it. Like your health is is one of the most important things, and I promise, like your family is gonna understand if that's what you're worried about. Yeah, and just to like go on that, like I couldn't even fast this year because of like my eating disorder last year. I couldn't even fast this year because my doctor's like, you can't physically do that, and on top of that, I was taking medication. For like my period and stuff because i it's very hard for me to get it back um it's still like pretty weird but at least i got it after a whole year and i think even with like a lot of athletes they lose like um their period too because like your body just can't like produce i don't know i'm not gonna go into the whole scientific like thing of that but like yeah honestly like with like whole religious reasons you're I think with almost every religion your health is like the number one priority and that comes like before anything so if you do need help please like talk to your parents and talk to your doctor and like get help with that um with the next topic because i know we're trying to get into the media something unsure brought up was tiktok i don't know if maybe my for you page is just messed up but i've been seeing way too many tiktoks of a lot of different people being like oh if you just have gum and water like you're gonna lose this many pounds in this many days and that was something really triggering just for me like seeing that for god i don't know how long it was on my for you page like i think i had to delete tiktok and just rebrand because like my for you page was so triggering and i would see um what i eat in a day and it would be like two acai bowls bottles of water something like that or a gum and water and then when i started bringing those habits like to school like my friends would be like I had like get off of TikTok like you're literally you're gonna go back into where you were so I think that's something to talk about because I think on TikTok especially TikTok like TikTok romanticizes everything and anything and makes it look like it's such a good thing and like this is good for you like you're not gonna harm yourself when it's like no like it's and it's all these teenagers knowing that it's bad and they're like they use TikTok kind of as like a place to talk about it, which I get it. Like you need um kind of a place where you can talk, but putting it out there and making it seem like it's normal, especially like is so harming 
um and i think that's something that we should like definitely talk about and like bring up more because i know a lot of people just say it's just tiktok it's it's fine it's not it's really not okay yeah i definitely agree with that like with the tiktok thing like when i was starting recovery last year um like in april i had to delete tiktok because there was just so many things that were super triggering and the what i eat in a day especially like and also like as a teen i think that we don't realize that our bodies are changing even if we've already gotten our period like it's still gonna change and it's gonna change when you go to college too because your high school body is different than your college body and like each year is going to be different and there's just definitely like i think that these like tiktok doctors are like super unhelpful when it comes to mental health and like eating and eating disorders and how people are dealing with their eating especially during the pandemic too because like it's like you said it's normalizing it and it's really not this is you're not supposed to track every calorie you're not supposed to be eating gum and water as lunch or something or skipping breakfast or skipping dinner like I think that there needs to be a lot more education which is like another topic that we'll go over later but there does need to be a lot more education in schools there needs to be a lot of reform when it comes to health class and what is taught in health class because right now that information is completely false and the the information they have on eating disorders is completely false and not everybody who has an eating disorder is going to look like they have an eating disorder there's not a certain like way to look if you have one and i think that that's something that really needs to be brought up more often um but when it comes to like social media TikTok is definitely an issue, but I think that also places like Instagram, where we are just looking at other people's like pictures of their body and a lot of people edit them and then we think that they don't edit them. So then when we look at our pictures, we're like, oh, why don't I look like them? And I thought that they were unedited and I'm unedited. So why don't I look like them? Oh, I should like, you know, go and do a diet or something like that. Like that really... Whether it was like a famous person or even my friends at a very low point in my eating disorder, I would just compare myself to everybody and be super jealous of everybody's bodies and just be like, oh, I hate my body. Like, why do I have to look like this? Why am I like, like, like you mentioned earlier um, with body dysmorphia, like whenever I looked in the mirror, whenever I looked at pictures of myself, like I didn't see what I actually look like. I see, I saw um, someone completely different. And it was just like, now that I look back at pictures of myself, like you guys were saying earlier too, I looked just dead. I had like gigantic circles under my eyes and I just looked very gaunt. And like, I didn't see that. And it's crazy to look back at that. Cause I'm like, is that me? Like, that doesn't even look like me. I don't know who that is because I never saw that person in the mirror. And yeah, that's really important for us to realize is that there's, a lot that goes into an eating disorder and there's a lot that goes unnoticed and like we were talking about before it is a mental illness but it has physical effects and it's definitely very scary to go through it because now that like i mean i'm happy that all of us have gotten better but realizing that there's some that your mind can do this thing where it plays tricks on you where you see someone who's not even you in the mirror and then all of this stuff springs from that is just really crazy. And yeah, I think that that's just really important for us to have information on. Something also is like, like Lena, you mentioned Instagram. Like, I think one of my lowest points was where I could not open Instagram without like, like feeling bad about myself. And I remember um, having my cousin, like she, she also had control over my account when like I first got it. Cause I was like 12 or 13. And she, I remember made me unfollow like, kardashians like emma chamberlain like all of these beautiful women but just women who made me feel bad about myself which is just like a me thing so and i remember like replacing it with uh, more like um influencers who looked like me or just influence like influencers about things i like books i like like shows whatever because it got to a point where even seeing my friends like and i i knew my friends also edited their pictures but i still was like like, why don't I look like that? And I, like, I'm I'm being very honest right now. Like, I went to the mall today, and even today, like, the entire time I was there, I was with one of my friends who is a gorgeous girl, and the whole time I was like, like, wow, like, I can't fit into the clothes she does. Like, I don't fit into these Brandy Melville clothes or whatever. Or, like, when we were in Nordstrom, like, oh, all of these teenagers look like this, and, like, I'm the only one who's 
wearing a, a large or a meat or even a medium and like feeling bad about that when it's like it's so normal and another thing is i don't know if you've seen those tiktoks or those instagram reels of um people kind of like doing close-ups on their body and being like this is real like these stretch marks are real this like like hair is real it's all real but it's just like covered um with filters and photoshop and etc and i think that's something when we talk about like lack of information just in general like to talk about because you you know when you're like 13 or 14 you don't really get it like you just think that everybody posts how they look and you don't realize like how much editing and you don't realize that some of these influencers like pay people to edit their pictures where you're just like a a 14 year old person who's just like changing yeah i definitely agree with that and i think that it's it's good that these kind of like trends are coming around although there is a lot of bad trends there's also some good trends which which makes me have a little bit of hope because i have noticed a little bit more of um not only body positivity but body neutrality where you're just like being uh content with your body and realizing that it does so much for you and not you don't have to love how you look but it's important to not hate it (laughs) so yeah i think that that's really important and moving on to the like lack of information in school and in the curriculum. I think that, as I was saying before, like in health class, there's, I I mean, I'm not sure who needs to do it, but somebody needs to rewrite the um, curriculum so that there can be a more inclusive approach to it. And that it's not, I mean, I remember last year when I was still in person for ninth grade, um, I remember being in health class and looking at what they were talking about for eating disorders. And at that point, like, I was really struggling because it was like the last quarter of school, um, probably like a month before we ended up getting out of for COVID. And I just remember being like, I mean, I know that this is happening to me and this is not what, like this information is not helpful. And also everybody sitting around me has no idea because it's like not as visible as these people think it is. It's not like being like pregnant or something like there's, it's not a clear sign like that. and I think that when it comes to mental illnesses in particular, I know that um, eating disorders have the highest death rate of um, mental illnesses. And that is really concerning because there is such a big population of people who are teens who have them. And I know that like when I was at a really low spot, I was, I couldn't say that I needed help to my friends, but I did. And the fact that they had no idea that it was happening to me was really like now look back on it, looking back on it, it's really scary because like at any point I could have done something really bad and there's no, you know, there's no reversing that. So I'm glad that didn't happen, but at the same time it does happen for so many people and it's super, super important for this to be taken seriously because a lot of the time it's not taken seriously. It's just like, you hope that you don't get one or you think it's this thing that's like not real but then it happens to you you and you're like what i ha- i had an eating disorder or having eating disorder like that's that's crazy i thought that that was just something that was portrayed in media or that was i like i feel bad for other people who have them but i'm never gonna get one like that's how i was always uh how they were always portrayed for me it was like my parents were like oh like you know poor her don't be like that like you shouldn't get an eating disorder and then here i am like now where I'm just realizing how unhelpful that was and how like now with my help, like I've kind of educated the people around me and how that is really important and that needs to happen to like the whole population of people so that everybody can be helped and that everybody can be aware of how serious all of this is and like what the actual warning signs are of it. Yeah, so I actually didn't plan on sharing this, and this is less about eating disorders and more about, like, lack of curriculum and body image, but in elementary school, I was pretty, like, big. I was always, like, pretty plump, as you would say, and because in India, like, I used to live in India, and my parents would just feed me whenever I was bored, so by the time I got into elementary school, I was a pretty big kid, and so during classes when we'd line up, some kids would ask me to step on their toes to see, oh, can I stand the weight? Like, that was what they were saying in their mind. And it was just, I didn't realize at the time how bad that could be, but it just happened. And at some point I got in trouble where the counselor took me out into the cafeteria, said, you're stepping on kids' toes, like you're punching them, and blah, 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 all these rumors spread. And that really affected, like, not only my mental health, but my body image in general. Like, I didn't realize until 
middle school that this was happening to me and like I was constantly being like rumored behind my back about my body image and everything and like it's so weird because my family didn't know anything the school didn't tell anything to my family so my mom only found out like a month ago when I told her and it's just weird because no elementary school kids are taught about body shaming they're not taught about any of this because it's quote-unquote controversial but that's like they need to realize that that's when it starts like everything starts from there on nothing else happens like yes some things pick up but that's where you learn these things and it's just it's hard for people to actually stop them at that time and another thing is like i lost 20 pounds over the summer i was lucky enough that i didn't fall into like an eating disorder habit but at the same time i saw myself on that track where I was counting my calories in my notes app, I was looking at how much food I ate, I kind of like stopped myself after a certain point, even though I went to bed like hungry and like starving. I was like, what is happening? And I stopped myself. But my family, they're very old fashioned, especially my grandparents and you know, my parents especially, and they don't know much about eating disorders. So they always like poke me like, oh, you're so bony, like, do you have an eating disorder? I'm like, no. Like, that's not what an eating disorder is. Like, I'm eating properly. I'm trying to do my stuff. But, like, it's just the lack of education that not knowing that could be a trigger if I was in the, having an eating disorder. And, like, body shaming, of course, is another thing. So, yeah, I think that's something that they need to teach in schools very early. I actually have a story, like, kind of similar to what uh, Shanti was saying. So, um, earlier this year, I think this was, like, February or March, I just remember still being fully online. And I had a health project where she literally wanted us to count our calories every single day. So I stayed with her after class and I was like, hey, like I went through an eating sort like almost twice and I was in it, but I just said like almost twice. And, you know, this is kind of triggering for me. Like, can I write a paper? Like, can I do something else? Because this is going to trigger me. Um, and she was just like, she's also very old fashioned. And she was like, this shouldn't be triggering for you. Like, this is normal. And I was like, I literally like, I'm going to get triggered by this. She was like, you can just make the numbers up. I was like, that's, that's not helpful. Like, it's still like kind of triggering. I have to do that. And my other friend who, um, kind of went through eating disorder tendencies, like also was talking to her and was like, Hey, like, can I write a paper about eating disorders? Like, you know, something like that. And she was just like, no, we don't need to do that. Like, you don't need to scare the girl. Cause like I go to an all, all, girl, all girl school. So she was like, you don't need to scare the girls about like eating disorders. Like, don't worry about it. And I remember just being like, wow. Oh, so like eating disorders are very scary. And like, I should keep this a secret and like nobody needs to know. And then looking back, I'm like, I should have gone to the principal or something because if she's telling me that, you know, counting calories shouldn't be triggering, like, maybe she should know how many people like I know in my entire school of like 400 people like have eating disorders and like are ashamed of themselves and like knowing that it's so normalized in like most classes to be honest like I know my my school is pretty diverse in terms of like the teachers and a lot of them um will say to you like my god you lost weight over the summer and it's like kind of small things like that i know they mean it i don't i know they don't have any harm intention harmful intentions but like just small things like that kind of like triggers you or is like oh i'm doing great like i should keep the, these kinds of habits up when it's like <laughs> no like you're gonna keep hurting yourself yeah so um with the whole curriculum thing like i go to fairfax county and um i've worked with like fps like administrators and superintendents and what i've learned is that we're so like I mean, the administrators are so behind their on their time because you have these superintendents that are low-key like boomers and they think like talking about eating disorders or mental health is like taboo because that's what they did like growing up. And most of like the um, like superintendents for like the different like districts and FCPS are very like, um, what is it called? Like they're distant from students and they're not like really engaging with students except one of them, um, her name's Abrar Omesh and she really like um, connects with students and I've talked to her about so many things. And she's like one of the youngest people on like the school board and just seeing her and connecting with students. She's literally the only one out of, I don't know how many, if there's like 12 or something like that. There are like the different school board members and she's really the only one that I've connected with. The only one that I've talked to before about mental health and about these issues because in reality, 
Um, I think that the they only change the curriculum every seven years, which is such a long time. And when we're talking about like, for my experience, we literally had for like gym, even like this year, we had to count our calories, our macro macros for like weeks, right? For like a whole week, you need to count this. The only thing that was said in school not to do was like, oh, don't do fad diets or like extreme diets or anything like that. That was it, but we never really got into it because we were being taught like this curriculum by teachers who were just like, stay fit, get healthy, you know, be active. Like that was honestly it. There was literally nothing about eating disorders when they're so widely common, yet people don't even know that they may have them. Like I know like there's no boy on here to talk about it, but I've talked about it with like guys where they don't even like, know that they have an eating disorder because they're just like gym rats and they're like i eat 1200 calories a day and my bmi or bmr is this. i'm like do you not realize that you have a problem like eating 1200 calories is like for literally a toddler and nobody should be eating that amount of food and it's like these people because again they're growing up in these schools where they have eating disorders and like body image and like mental health and physical health like i had a counselor in elementary school and she would like a guidance counselor would come in and talk about like don't bully but we always like never talked about eating disorders and like with like the older generation they don't even like know that it's like really a thing because it's like everyone people are in this mindset where they just don't want to be fat which is so like messed up because everyone's healthy at a different weight and people don't realize that and everybody's born with a different body through their genes and like if you're like eating less it's considered a good thing but in reality you could be messing your health up even more by eating less than like eating the right amount of food for you and like even like my mom like she like says like certain things and it's not aimed toward me, it's aimed toward herself where she's like, oh, I should be, you know what? I had a good day today. I ate 800 calories and I'm not even hungry. And I'm looking at her like, okay. <laughs> like, I don't know why you're saying that to me, but like those like little things can be like trigger triggering and stuff like that. And the older generation may not even realize that they have an eating disorder. Cause it's just like, we're trying to like stay healthy for our age and stuff like that. And it's like so messed up. So I think for like an action plan towards that is not being, is being like more reactive in like those situations and like, you know, having more student engagement with like school board members for changing the curriculum and actually changing the curriculum, not after every seven years, but maybe before that. And like, and again, then working with like different like people with like school board members, Melanie, Marin, there's like a bar homage, like different superintendents and stuff like that. And I think like student engagement is honestly the on like the best thing to do because like the more students you have, like we can say what we want in the curriculum instead of these people, these like really old people that don't even like share the same experiences that we do. Yeah, I think that like, there's a lot there that like I definitely like agree with and talking about the thing with just people not wanting to be fat which first of all a lot of people are like viewing that word as like a bad word or something like that and it's where it's like actual fat people are like actually you skipping around that word is more offensive because it makes me think that you think being fat is bad where it's like it's just a description like being tall or short like it doesn't matter but whatever <laughs> um with that, I I mean, I think that all of us are an example because we uh, dealt with primarily like restrictive eating disorders. And for me, I was at a very low weight, but I, if you looked at me then and looked at me now and you just thought, oh, you know, eating less means healthier, you would say I was healthier then, but I was losing hair. I was collapsing my bones were hurting like when I did nothing. I, you know, like there was all these things. And I, I mean, now, even though I weigh, you know, X amount more, which is a lot, but I am so much healthier physically and mentally, regardless of how much more I'm eating, because I'm not obsessively tracking my calories and I'm not contemplating death every night because I don't want to wake up the next morning and restrict again. I'm not weighing myself every day because that was really disordered for me. I'm not doing all of these things where it was really detrimental to my health, but on the outside it to like this stigma and this stereotype that like skinny people are healthy, 
it, which is so wrong and so dangerous. Like I looked healthier then, I guess. And I just want to make that clear that like, just because someone is thin does not mean that they're healthy. And just because you weigh more than them or you are fat, like that does not mean you are unhealthy. Like they're healthy looks different on everyone. And I think that that's really important to just keep in mind. And also I think that we, a lot of the time separate physical and mental health. And I, I, I do think it's important to, to realize that mental health and physical health are different things, but mental health ties in with physical health. And if you aren't healthy mentally, then you are not healthy physically. Because if I, even though I was alive then, like, I guess this is the, the comparison, even though I was alive then, I was really unhealthy mentally. And I'm alive now, but I'm like, in like, my body is alive, but I'm very healthy mentally. And I'm able to think about things other than food and able to complete courses and do extracurriculars and stuff without thinking about food. And that's definitely way healthier than than I was before, even if I weigh more than that. And also like with the like the grandparents and things like that um, and people who are more old fashioned. Um, my grandma, who actually she passed away at the end of last year, um, but she I'm Italian, so she was Italian and and like Italian culture, it's really food is really a big thing. And she would always, you know, say things about me to my like about my body, regardless of if it was when I was, you know, thin or before I started my eating disorder when I was just kind of like normal. It, I mean, whatever normal is, but, you know, not looking super like gaunt. But um, yeah, she would always say things about me eating, me not eating. And um, throughout my eating disorder, when I was really struggling, I was like lashing out a lot and I had a very short temper. And now looking back on it, and because that was like during her last few years, I obviously regret that because it's, you know, it's something the last things that I said to her were just kind of mean and kind of lashing out and just very short tempered and everything. And I think that it's important when we're looking at how to deal with eating disorders, it's important to realize what your priorities are in life. And I think that having my grandma's health go downhill over the past couple of years, like it's made me realize that the most important thing is not my outward appearance, but it's how I build a relationship with others and how I remember them and and how I will be remembered. And like, I always have this um, like idea or this thought process in mind. And this really helped me like when I was starting recovery, it was like, when I'm dead, like how are people going to remember me? What will my eulogy say? And is it gonna say I was this skinny? No. It's not going to say I was this thin. It's going to say I was a nice person or I did all this stuff or the community or whatever. And your body does not have anything to do with that. And I think that it's just we really need to take a step back from our appearances sometimes and just focus on who we are as people and how we can work on that and how we can make goals surrounding that instead of making goals surrounding the what the scale says, or like, you know, what gravity's effect on your body says. Yeah, there's a there's a lot I agree with um, what Lena said. First thing, um, I think we touched on this earlier, but I want to emphasize is that you, you or someone you know can be going through an eating disorder, like have these tendencies and not look it. Um, I remember in eighth grade when it was like really bad, I was like a size four. Maybe I just remember being like small, very small for an eighth grader. And um, I remember people in ninth grade being like, oh my God, like your body in eighth grade was amazing, blah, blah, blah. And looking back, I'm like, yeah, it might, might have looked good, but like mentally I was deteriorating. Like I really was not in a good place. Um, something else to kind of tie in with, I know we wanted to talk about how to deal with eating disorders. So personally for me, it was like a very, um, I don't want to say slap in the face, but for lack of better words, because for me, it was two things. So I'm, I mentioned a couple times how, like, for me, I had kind of started developing when I middle school and then kind of got worse when I got in um, ninth and 10th grade. In middle school, I remember my cousin, um, who's like my older sister, she was like coming to visit and she was noticing I, like 
all the like Arab food that we had downstairs, I like, was not eating any of it. And she was like, okay, what's wrong? So I just kind of told her because I, I trusted her so much. And she opened up to me and was like, my best, my, my childhood best friend died of an eating disorder. Like, and I won't go through the details because I know it is triggering. And so that was like the slap in the face to me. That's like, do I want to be remembered as the person who like passed away because they were so obsessed with their body image? And not to say that like, that's, you know, you're a horrible person. It's not something you can control. Like there were so many phases where I, I really was trying to get better. But every time I looked at food, I would like almost vomit because I was like, I can't imagine myself eating that. Like, and it would be like an apricot or something like really small. Um, and the second time was more recently. And it was my best friend of like uh, seven, 10 years. And she kind of like, I don't know where texted me this huge paragraph that was like i had like i'm noticing these tendencies like i i'm not going to accuse you of anything but kind of listing like you're going to lose hair you know like all of the the things that we were talking about what happens when you have an eating disorder and was like i don't want to lose you like you're the like kind of that's just for me personally how i kind of started my my recovery was like knowing that I know what I'm doing to myself but what am I doing to others like because the things I was doing to myself was harming like the closest people to me and that's my my top priority with school is like the people around me I'm a Pisces so (laughs) it's just like caring about so much about what other people think and knowing that like I was hurting this cousin who I value and like my best friend that was where I was like okay like I need to get better if I if eating an apricot is going to make me throw up I will I will keep eating apricots until I'm okay so that's just with me um just kind of being like like a an iron fist like you need to get better like you are going to hurt yourself but also the people around you like your best friend your family your parents your your cat i don't know but like you're gonna be you're gonna be hurting people um i don't know that's just how how i dealt with mine and i know that they're more gentle ways but you know it's just whatever works for you and whatever is gonna really force you to get better because you don't have the time to be like all delicate with your recovery like you need to go headstrong and you need to be like for you want you need to want to get better and you need to understand what you're doing to yourself because as much we could go on and on for another three hours about how bad these things are but you it really needs to come from yourself of understanding like how much you are harming yourself like that's that's the most important thing like you are harming yourself and i know it's like a hard thing to go through and you may even know what you're doing to yourself but like you really need to have like the self-reflection of like i'm going to be losing all of these things beautiful things about myself my curves my whatever you love about yourself and you're going to be harming other people in the process and it's just completely not worth it for your body like again like lena said like when you're not going to be remembered for your body you're going to be remembered for the things you did the the people you love things like that yeah so just to like kind of like end off basically you when you were when i was going through my eating disorder i missed out on so many experiences because my eating disorder really ruined my mental health because i wasn't fueling myself enough to like really enjoy experiences i remember i was in california with my family and i was at this beautiful place in like san diego looking at the beach but all i was worrying about was what was I going to eat next and if I was going to restrict or what I was going to do because when you're like going through your eating disorder a lot of the times your whole like head is like revolving around what you're going to do next and what you're going to it just revolves around food basically right and like with like people's eating disorders sometimes it gets to like a really bad place where like with me um like I was diagnosed with like PCOS a few years ago not a few I mean like actually a few months ago and like the doctor was like basically if you're not eating the right food and you're not eating the right amount of of food you're most likely not going to be able to have kids in the future and that could honestly even lead into like ovarian cancer for you so that was like again like a slap in the face where i was like you know what Andre, you really need to like start changing your eating habits like right now because like um again with the eating disorders they can like lead into like osteoporosis and like bone damage and like that's the direction that I was heading in and I really had no energy to do anything like fainting for me and like going to the hospital I fainted one time um in the bathroom and I hit my head on the glass and I had bruises all around my face and my family didn't even know at that time that I had an eating disorder and it was just like 
it was like all of these things like I was like honestly about that point I was killing myself and I didn't even know it and it was like I was like in the future I want to like share experiences like I want to have a family I want to do things and I like people like what we like people with eating disorders like they need to realize that like your life doesn't end the next day like you have a whole life to live and you need to live out those experiences you and you need to like really like enjoy life not just like live it for like um a certain body type yeah i i think that like throughout my recovery this past year i like i've realized that there's there's so much support available through counseling and through your loved ones and and all of that but nobody can really make the decision to recover for you and to commit to recovery and to work for it every day and to choose recovery every day like i had said and i that like vow to keep going is so important and i think that like the most profound result of my recovery is the ability to see what i can do like this past year i've achieved so much that i would never have been able to achieve if i was still thinking about food every second and for once like seeing a life for myself after high school which i never could see throughout my eating disorder is so amazing and like to anybody who's really struggling right now and who just can't see anything except the weight on the scale it's really important to be able to have goals outside of your appearance and in order to achieve that i think that the most important thing for me was telling someone about it eating disorders want to be very secretive and they want to be like in control of everything around you and by actively going against that and telling someone who you trust it kickstarts the recovery process and it makes it easier to start doing more things that your disordered brain doesn't want you to do but that is actually healthy for you to do and i think it's just really important to share what you're going through with other people so that you can start to get better i mean i think that if i've realized anything today it's that i am even less alone than i thought i was and it's really important for everybody to realize that i keep saying really important because all of this stuff is really important and yeah i'm just i i think that mental illness is just the education around it is so essential to the survival and the blossoming of like the future generations and youth right now and by having these conversations we're really helping that yeah i just also want to end off with um, I know this episode is coming in the summer, and if seeing all these bikini pictures or all of these girls like on your Instagram or whatever, seeing them in real life, if they're making you insecure, I think something you should also realize, they are more concerned with how they, they are also very concerned with how they look. So you, you it's really hard to kind of realize, and I, I'm still trying to, that everybody's concerned with themselves and so you know there's there's no point in in wasting your your teenage years you know all these these years that are glamorized in movies like make make the most out of them you know why why harm yourself and do this to yourself when you have these amazing years when you can enjoy it and um i kind of got off track with my original point which is like this is the summer and i know that like you know you're going to be seeing bodies you're going to be seeing um people who wear bikinis you can also see people who don't like to who like to dress modestly and i think it's important to remember that each body is unique each body is beautiful each body has a purpose and um clothes don't make a body i think that's also very important is that like don't be like my body doesn't look like that way in that bikini or that whatever um and that if hey there's nothing wrong with wearing sweaters in summer I do it because it makes me feel better about myself. And I would rather have people stare at me while I feel better about myself than, you know, sacrifice my confidence and my happiness so people can get a glance at me, you know? So just don't don't worry about the summer. It goes by and enjoy it. Yeah, so those are the closing remarks. So just to end it off, I wanted to say something about just body image in general. Like 
the one pattern I'm seeing is your words to other people matter. So be cautious of what you're saying. And another thing that's like been circling around social media, there's this trend of weight loss where you weigh yourself every day. But like, again, that's going to cause harmful habits and it's just not going to help you because weight fluctuates. Some days you eat more in pounds, not in calories, but in pounds than other days. And that's just how it works. So thank you all for sharing all of your stories. And this episode will be coming out Saturday, I believe. And thank you guys again. You guys are really strong and I'm really happy you guys are able to share your stories. And to anyone who's listening, please seek out help if any of these stories relate to your situation because we do want to make sure that you're being cared for and understand that you're not alone in any of these situations.